Welcome to our sermon. I am Pastor Nathan Escarga, and I am sure that God will speak to you through his word today. I'll probably continue for Sunday. Uh, so there will be at least uh, four uh, different parts to this series. And uh, it's, a, it's around overcoming fear. It's, it's about um, when you're concerned or you're anxious and you're nervous about something. Maybe it's something you're going through. Maybe it's something from the past. Maybe it's something that you see happening around you at this time. Maybe it's something that, that you're thinking about the future and you're just, you're, you're fearful. I, I've uh, recognized at different points, uh, reg regardless of, of what that, what the cause of it is, uh, the remedies and the solutions are, are the same uh, regardless of the situation. And um, so tonight I just want to uh, let you know, to our last Wednesday night we talked about the main focus was the fact that we need to recognize and realize how much God loves us as his children. And I want to extend that even uh, tonight for those that might be watching this, whether it's tonight or at another time, um, that you might be viewing and you are not a child of God. You know about God, but you have been not born, you've not been born of God. And I want you to know uh, in Romans chapter 5, it talks about when, even to the ungodly, even when we were not in the right place, even to those that are sinners, we, are, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And, and even to those that are enemies of God, that are, are deliberate in their actions against God, it says that God demonstrated his love for us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So even when we were apart from God, God demonstrated his love for us. 1 John 4, verse 18 says, there is no fear in love. That's why it's so important us to realize how much God loves us. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. The love of God, if there's fear within us, the love of God desires to drive that fear from us. And we would recognize this, that no matter what we may be facing or going through, whatever anxiety it may be, the Lord is saying, listen, I, I love you. And so that there is a driving out of that, of, of that anxiety or fear as we recognize the love of God for us. We love him because he first loved us. God loved us first. And, and so there's a desire, even as we accept Christ into our lives, that, that love, the love of God, and even as we would have God reside within us, that there, the fear would be removed by his perfect love that is within us. Oftentimes we are, we, we not only with our anxiety or or we, we just don't seem to have hope. There might be despair. But sometimes there's a questioning of why. Why am I going through this? Why did this happen? I don't understand this. 
There's a questioning of God. And with it, uh, sometimes the emotions vary to a point of, God, do you really love me? Do you really care? Are you really out there? Sometimes there's even a, the emotion of, of, of an anger against God. And I thank God that even as we, and we have done this in the last, uh, especially on Sunday, just looking through some of the Psalms, and we're going to look at the Psalms again uh, today, but there's a recognition of the humanity, our humanity, and our, our uh, frailty, and our weakness in the things in the course of life. And so as we recognize who God is and how much he loves us, uh, there's a, a work of removing the things of fear from our life. On Sunday, uh, we were going around the, the verse uh, Psalm 23, 4, that says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And there was this focus in on drawing close to the Lord, not being distant. And a lot of times situations drive us away from God, but that we would move towards God. We would move towards the Lord uh, in our lives. And uh, because God as he is with us, as we recognize that the Lord is with us. And sometimes we may not recognize it, and he is with us. But there's something about recognizing uh, as we draw close to the Lord and as we look to the Lord. Psalm 27 talks about the Lord saying, The Lord said, My face, or my face you should seek. And there's a response by the psalmist, and the, the heart of God is that that would be our response. My, my, your face, Lord, I will seek. Even as the Lord desires for us to look to him and draw near to him, that our heart would, would respond, yes, Lord, I'm going to look to you in the situation. And as we move closer to the Lord, there's a, a work of overcoming fear and anxiety in our lives. We don't have to fear. Jesus said again and again, fear not. Yes, to have, uh, uh, it says that the, the fear of God is the, the beginning of knowledge. The fear of God is also the beginning of wisdom. Um, there's a recognition of God and the sovereignty of God and an honoring and a respecting of God. That fear of God in that of who he is, mighty. He is mighty, he's all-powerful, and he loves us so much. If you haven't caught these messages, if you missed last Wednesday, you can catch it online. And uh, it's there, part one, overcoming fear, the Lord loves me. And on Sunday, overco or overcoming fear, moving closer to Jesus, part two. So tonight, part three, uh, trust in the Lord. Overcoming fear, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. So... As I mentioned earlier, sometimes the fear that we face is a result of what is ahead of us and is unknown to us. How many of you have been uh, anxious or concerned or worried or even fearful about something that hasn't taken place yet but is, is right in front of us or coming up? Anybody, you've, you've felt a, a fear? Absolutely. And I think it's a, oftentimes a very natural thing, uh, a very human thing. Uh, to, to be afraid of what is ahead of us, the unknown. 
sometimes it is a thing of what we're going through uh, right now, and we're we're overwhelmed with what we're going through, and uh, and there's this anxiety that comes. We're wondering how will it all turn out. So we're right in the middle of it. It's not just coming. We're in the middle of it. And how will it all turn out? Sometimes it is a thing of the result of our choices, maybe choices we made in the past, or sometimes it's things that we had no control over, things that were, were coming against us from the past, and now we are living with the effect of the things of the past. And so we, we get to this place of anxiety. Sometimes the, that fear is a result of not having anyone with you in it. So you're alone in the situation. You're alone in the process. And as a result of being alone, there's this thing of fear and anxiety that, that is weighing in on us. Sometimes there's a fear when that which you depended on doesn't work out. Anybody have something fail that uh, you were saying, okay, this is going to work, and it failed? Okay, some of you. I think most of us have been in that position where, man, it didn't work out the way I thought, and then now it starts to hit you, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? At times, it's not just a, a, a thing or that we're depending on, but sometimes it's, it's people that we're depending on. Sometimes it's uh, uh, agencies that we're depending on. We're depending on different professionals uh, for the things that we're going through. And not to say, listen, I'm not saying that, that we can't uh, uh, seek professional help or whatever um, for different things we might be going through, but sometimes there's a reliance on that, uh, and that's, what we, that's where we place our trust. And our trust is in uh, an agency or an institution or in a program that we go through. I just have to go through the program, and I'm okay then. And when we get through the program, and, and then we are faced with... with the next challenge or the next thing in life, it's like, oh my goodness, how do I get through this now? Is there another thing that I can go to to, to, to get through this? So when things fail, there's a, a thing of fear. A lot of times, the, the failure of others comes down to the point where or it comes is around the fact that you know they're they're not necessarily close to you, an agency or whatever. Uh, you know, they're so there's this thing of well, it's just part of the job. I'm doing a job, and and oh well, it, it didn't work out uh, for this individual, and you know, okay, well we did what we could, or um, but there's a there's there's not a, a real concern or care. Because it's just a job. Just a job. There's no love there. It says that in the last days, uh, Jesus talked about one aspect being that the love of many will grow cold. 
just not caring anymore. And so we're in the situation on our own. I want you to turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3. You know this verse. And um, this, especially this morning, in, in light of some of the things that were happening the last few, just in the last few days, um, this, this verse came to me. And it doesn't matter how extreme your situation is. This passage says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Another word for faith, because you, if you look for the word faith in the Old Testament, I believe you'll only find it in the Old Testament twice. You'll find it twice. One, extremely negative, as in a lack of faith. And the other one, it says that the just shall live by faith in Habakkuk. I think it's chapter 2, verse 4. It talks about the just living by faith. But the word trust in the Old Testament is used numerous times. Apparently, I don't know if it's not just Old Testament, but mainly in the Old Testament, the word trust is used over 100 times. Uh, and uh, I, we use the word faith in the New Testament. But the word trust, to trust in the Lord, and this word trust, and I'm, I'm going to go over this in a moment, but um, this was something that, the, that as I, I did a, a study and, and did a series on this a few years back. I know it was pre-COVID. It wasn't that long ago, but man, did it impact me back then. And I want to, this is more of a reminder. I'm just, I won't spend as much time as I did a few years back. But this thing of trusting in the Lord, the word trust, the tense of it is in the imperative. In other words, it's imperative that you do this. That means it's critical that you do this. It's, a, it's an order or a command to do this. And not because somebody is attempting to, to uh, control us, but rather for our benefit. And when we recognize who is the ins inspiration, who is inspiring uh, the, the writer, the psalmist to, to write these songs, we recognize it's God. It's the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. It's imperative that you do, do so. Now recognize sometimes when it comes to this thing of trust or faith, there is a growth that takes place. There is a developing, and, and if we use the word trust, we just don't immediately trust people or we might, you know, we trust them up until the point where they fail us and then we just, we, we start to back off. Or when we start to see things uh, that we say, oh, okay, I didn't know this about this person or they're letting me down or whatever. So we back off in our trust or faith in that person. If we are at a place where we recognize, hey, this person has been consistent along the way, it's easier or it gets easier to say, I trust this individual or I can trust this person. But with this passage, we're not just talking about a person. We are talking about 
God. We are talking about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And there's, there's an imperativeness about it that we place our trust in the Lord. Because I'll tell you right now, when all else fails, God will not fail. I am not saying that you may not go through hard times. We all go through hard times. But I, what I am saying is that God will either get you out of it or he will get you through it as you place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. In Romans 10, verse 17, and we might say, well, how do I get, when it comes to trusting God, how do I get to a place to even begin to trust in God? It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it's not just I hear anything. I, I, yes, faith or trust in something comes as a result of us hearing about it and getting to know a little bit more about it and we start to place our faith. Well, I, I trust in whatever it is that you're placing your trust in. Clarence would say, I trust in Toyota. I can trust. Why? Because... He's heard about it. Now he has a Toyota and has had more than one and it's been reliable. And so that's where, hey, so if you go to, you go to Clarence, he would say, hey, if you want to buy a good vehicle, get a Toyota. All right? So there's an amen, an owner of a Toyota. So we hear about something and our trust or faith then is it, it begins as we're hearing, and now there's, there's a beginning that starts to take place of, oh, I didn't know about this. Um, now I start to look into it, and now the more I look into it, I, I begin to, my faith and trust in that thing will grow. And with God, so then faith comes by hearing. To be able to trust comes by hearing, and not just hearing anything, but hearing the word of God. To hear from the Lord. Hallelujah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In other words, don't trust in your own understanding of a situation. Don't lean on your own wisdom or your own take on it. Listen, <laughs> when you look at Judges, you, you, one of the Old Testament books, it says that they did that which was right in their own sight. And if you'll go through the book of Judges, you will see that there's a cycle just going around and around. And we're not talking about days. We are talking about generations. So you go through numerous generations in just a few chapters of Judges, and you go through a number of generations, and you see the same pattern again and again. So they did that which was right in their own eyes, and they had difficulty. And because of the difficulty then, we, we were talking about uh, nasty things happening. And then as they realized, oh my goodness, this isn't working out, they, they then cry out to God. God raises up a prophet. The prophet tells them what, how to, to, to do things and get things right. They grab a hold of it, and there's changes that take place. And then as this, the good happens, and eventually there's this thing of, well, you know what? And sometimes it's from one generation to the next. It's like, well, no, I'm going to do things according to what I think is right. 
And the Lord is saying here, to not lean on your own understanding of it. My goodness, that we would take and grab a hold of the Word of God. That's why, you know what? I, I, I grab a hold of the Word of God and as I'm preaching or teaching. It is all around the Word of God. Listen, I can, I can talk. If I, some of you know, hey, I can talk very easily, which is totally a miracle because of how shy I always was in the past. But I'll tell you right now, I can talk mostly and extensively when it comes to the things of the Lord, to trust in the Lord. Usually about many other things, I'm quiet. I don't, hey, I'm not an expert in the things, so many things that are outside of the Word of God. I know this, the Word of God is truth. I can trust in the Word of God. And you would trust in the word of God to you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let us not lean onto our own understanding. As we place our trust in the Lord, there is, a, there is this overcoming of fear that may be welling up within you as I place my trust in the Lord. I love what Isaiah 55 says. Verse 8, Isaiah 55, 8, it says, For my thoughts, his thoughts, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, saith the Lord, says the Lord. For as the heavens are, the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We lean on our own understanding God's thoughts, God's ways are so far beyond us. And that's why when we look at impossible situations, we have fear because we're looking at it from our perspective. And when it comes to who God is, His ways, His thoughts are so far beyond us. To be able to take care of situations we could never take care of. Now listen, listen sometimes there's a... Once again, most of the fears is around the fact that you can't do anything anymore. What do I do, Lord? I don't know what to do. And sometimes it's around our children. Lord, I don't know what to do anymore. And, and I don't know what can be done in this situation with my child. And so we just leave it over. We trust the Lord. We commit them to the Lord. And we watch how God does things. We don't know. We would like for things to happen yesterday. We don't understand why things are going on as far or as long as they are. But I want you to know tonight that God is able to do anything. He's a God of the impossible, even when it comes to for perhaps the relationship or lack of relationships that you have in your family and the family dynamics and you're just wondering god maybe you have a child or you have a parent that doesn't is not serving the lord how are they gonna are they gonna get there and so 
we commit them into the Lord's hands. So in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. This is Proverbs 5, verse 6, or sorry, 3, verse 6. Proverbs 3, verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So this thing of, of our way, it's, our, it's the path that we are on. It's the steps we're taking, the journey, the direction that we would go. Sometimes it also includes the manner th by which we travel. Uh, sometimes, you know what, it seems like everything is, is a struggle. Sometimes the things that we are, are the way that we would travel without God is circular, just going around in circles. Sometimes like we're in a rut, we can't get out of the rut. Sometimes there's this thing of, of, of the direction that we're heading in is in the wrong direction. We're heading away from God. But as we would place our trust in the Lord, or, and as we acknowledge him in all your ways, in, in whatever way you are moving, acknowledge him. This word ways is the course of your life. In the course of your life, acknowledge him. In fact, it even talks, this word ways also has to do with our moral character. If it's figurative of our moral character of who we are, in who we are, in who we are, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him, and even in our flaws and our faults. And I love what, what Paul writes to the Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians, he says, you know what? There was something, there was a thorn in the flesh, and, and, and my pride... My pride was getting away. I know I can do it on my own or I've, I've been given so many spiritual revelations. They're so profound. And it says, lest I basically should boast or be puffed up in this, there was a, the enemy, there was to buffet me, a thorn in the side. And with it, there was this recognition of Paul's weaknesses. And he says, three times I pray that this thorn could be taken from my side or taken away. And the Lord Jesus, even as he was coming to the Lord with the matter, says, Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Paul goes on to say, man, if that's the case, I'm going to boast in my infirmities, in my persecutions, in the, the different things that I'm going through, because when I am weak, then I am strong, because his strength is made perfect in our lives. And so in the course that we would travel, in the way that we would travel in life, Lord, that we would acknowledge the Lord, and that the power of God and the strength of God is made available to us, and the directions that we would need to go, the place, the way we should go, the Lord is there to say, I'm going to direct your paths. To acknowledge him, once again, is in the imperative. It's not just, this word acknowledgement has to do with knowing. It has to do with perceiving. It has to do with seeing, to finding out, discerning, to distinguish and discriminate that which is of God or that which isn't to know by experience, to recognize, to admit, to acknowledge, to confess. 
So there's a whole depth of, of meaning in this word to acknowledge, to know God, to get closer to Him, to experience Him. And yes, to acknowledge this, the Lord is going to see me through. The Lord is seeing me through. There's a confession of it. And, and so as we do this in all our ways and who we are, even in our, our, our lack of, of the fact we haven't arrived yet, the Lord is saying, acknowledge me. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And it says, and he shall direct your paths. Now, the, the interesting thing is I, I love the more I've come to recognize the Hebrew language. There is a depth that cannot be uh, expressed in the English. There are different tenses that, that even as they try to translate from the Hebrew, the Old Testament Hebrew into the English, there's a, there's a, a depth to it. And so this word, he will direct your paths, has to do, this thing of direction, the, the form of the word direct, and the word is uh, yashar, or yashar, in the, in the Hebrew, is the pl form, pl form, and there's different forms. There's about five or six different forms of many words, and or two or three different forms or tenses of that word. And this is the PL form, which usually expresses an intensive, when something is really intense, or intentional action. So this thing of when we begin to acknowledge Him, in all our ways acknowledge Him, says He shall, He, God, will intentionally and intensively direct your paths. You might say, well, what does the word direct mean? It means to make right, to make smooth, to make straight, to lead direct, to lead straight along, to approve. Like we're talking a depth of, of riches to this word direct, and it's like, thank you, Lord. And this is with all, without us knowing the details of the future. We don't have to know how things will turn out knowing that God will, uh, will direct us in the path and the steps that we should take. Isn't that good? I just say thank you, Lord, with the extremes of life. And listen, things are, are, our country is being, being shaken. To the point where people are doing things that are, I don't know if, if you heard about the slap that was heard around the world. If you haven't heard about it, just Google it. Like we're talking the way that people are acting in public. And it's, it's like, like what is going on in their head and in their life. What, what, what's happening here? In the situation, and it's it's you recognize, man, people need the Lord. People need the Lord. People need a Lord for how they, they should conduct themselves and the, the path that they should be taking. I just say thank you, Lord, for the for your word. Now 
I want you to know who was writing this passage, these Proverbs. Who, who was it that was writing the Proverbs or the, the bulk of them? They're attributed to who? To Solomon. This is a king, I said to somebody today, would make Bill Gates or the richest on this planet look like paupers with the amount of wealth that was coming in. Basically, at that point, Israel would have been one of the superpowers of the world. The nations that were all around, one of the reasons they were just shipping gold into, into uh, the, the kingdom at that point in time was because they were concerned if, this, if we are not in good standing with this nation and this king, he could easily wipe us out. And this is what the king is saying. The king that who prayed, he didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for power, but he asked for wisdom. Solomon asked for wisdom to, to govern his, the, the, the nation of Israel, the kingdom. And the Lord says, because you've asked this, he says, I will also give you power and I'll give you riches as well. And he, the wealth that was coming in yearly, that's where they, they were looking for. Where did all this wealth go? Where is it hidden? This man, this king with all the power, says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. If anybody had the, 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 the right perhaps to say, well, you know what? Take my word. So I'm speaking of wisdom. He's saying, don't you lean on your own understanding you lean on the, the wisdom that God would have for you, not your own understanding. Acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. I just say, thank you, Lord. There's this thing of, of an intensive and intentional action being taken by the Lord to make your way right and smooth and straight. I'll tell you right now, I'm not saying that we, we won't have difficulties in our life. We all have difficulties in our life. But I'll tell you, there's, there's something that you might say, I, why is that person so blessed? Or, yes, they're going through difficulty, but it seems like they're able to get through the difficulty. I'll tell you right now, I will say that 99 times out of 100, they, their faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Their trust is in the Lord Jesus Christ. I just want to, I want to just look at, we never went into the depth of the word trust, to trust in the Lord. And I just quickly, and I can remember when I shared this um, several years ago, I could remember uh, being in different places, and I started on that side of the stage, and I moved to this side of the stage just to recognize, for the, you to recognize that there is, there are different levels, if you would, to this word trust. So the word trust is batak, or batak, or batak in the Hebrew, and 
So it means to trust or trust in someone or something. In this case, to trust in the Lord is what, is, is what the, the passage is about. To trust in the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit saying, trust in the Lord. You need to trust in the Lord. The Holy Spirit is, is nudging us to do that. Take the step, take the plunge, and just trust in the Lord. Listen. When you first heard about the Lord Jesus Christ, there might have been an acceptance, there might have been a rejection. At some point, if you became a child of God, there was an accepting and you believed by faith and it was the first step in trusting. I'm placing my trust in the Lord for my life, for my taking care of my sins, recognizing that he died for me on the cross. I've invited him into my life. And so there's this thing, I'm, I'm, I'm taking that first step in trusting in the Lord. So, as we place our, our trust in the Lord, so we might be over here in this, we're taking that first step, I'm trusting in the Lord. The next thing, as we continue to keep our trust in the Lord, there's this aspect of confidence beginning to build within us. There's this aspect of of, as it says in Romans 1, verse 17, it says that we move from faith to faith. Now, I don't know about you, but I recognize from the time that I first came to the Lord to the place where I am now, I recognize that my faith has grown and it has it truly gone from faith to faith. And you know that for yourself that there's been a growth. And we, the more that we trust in the Lord, there's a development of confidence within us. And as we remain confident, now this is the definition, or this is the de definition of the word, the talk, of trust. So we, we grabbed a hold. We, we started with just the first thing of, I'm going to place my life in Jesus' hand. And as we hang on, our confidence begins to grow in the Lord. We become, become more and more confident in the Lord. And the thing is, when you start to have more and more confidence, the next step is that we receive boldness. Now, the thing about boldness is, I don't know about you, I can remember, I don't know if you ever were at or have been at the Brock University pool you ever gone to the Brock University pool? I can remember going to the Brock University pool, and they have different level heights of, of diving boards and platforms. Have you ever walked up to, the, to the, the one that's highest? Have you ever stood up there? Now, so when you look uh, up, it's like, Okay, that's high, but it's not that high. Let me just say this. When you actually climb up the ladder and you go up to the top and you look down, it's like, oh my goodness, this is really high. And so, if I'm not mistaken, I, I don't know if I actually jumped off. I want to say that I did. And I don't, can't even, it's, it's uh, maybe a senior's, uh, or um, hey, wait, I'm not a senior yet. What am I saying? Um, but there's this, this thing of, uh, I, yeah, I think I jumped off. 
I want to believe that I jumped off. Maybe I did jump off because there was about, I don't know, 30 or 40 or 50 or more uh, students watching. Oh, look, there's Mr. S. Is he going to jump or not? I don't know. They're all in the pool. So probably there would have been this uh, peer pressure to actually jump. But the first thing is, hey, so I'm taking... The, most people just say, hey, if you're afraid of heights, and I, I am, would just to be say, you know, there's no way I'm going up there. I'm not going up there. I'm not that crazy. But if you grab a hold of the thought, yeah, you know what, I'm going to go up there, and you start to move, you, you, there's maybe this aspect that I need to have confidence building up within me. Then I get to the point where I, I, get, I have boldness to actually come to the edge. So the confidence, I'm up on the top platform now, and... If I get to the place of boldness, the place of boldness gets me to the point where I'm actually just going to jump off. That's boldness. Confidence gets me to the point of boldness, and boldness then starts to have me act and move forward. There's a progression when you begin to trust in the Lord. And so it starts with one thing. It leads to a place of confidence. And the beautiful thing is this is what God will do when you grab a hold of him, that he's going to start to give confidence. Here's the problem. Oftentimes there's things that come up. Oh, I'm afraid. There's a going back to the things of self, of man. And I say, okay, I can't trust God. But if we trust the Lord, we get to a place from going from confidence to confidence, to the next thing is boldness, to say, I'm stepping off now, and I'm not afraid of the height, and I'm jumping off. I'm jumping in. I'm moving forward. Now, listen, you might say, this is the scary part when we actually start to move forward. You know what the last part of the word trust includes? So the first part is our part to trust in the Lord, but then the next, as we do trust in the Lord, the next thing is that God is starting to do a work of building confidence, of getting us to a place of boldness to move forward, to step out and move forward. And the last thing is this, and I love this. It says, to be secure. To have a covering over us as we move forward. And it makes sense with this passage. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. Don't go back to the way you used to do things so that your confidence will grow, so that you will get to a place of boldness, so that you can move forward in the Lord. He will direct your path. It's not about me having boldness to do my own things. It's about me having the boldness to do what He would have me do. You move forward in Him. And the Lord is saying, I will cover you. That's the word trust. That is the word faith in the Old Testament. I say thank you, Lord, for the riches and the richness of this passage to us. And I would encourage all of you at this, at this time, whatever you may be facing, that's where you would be at. All right. I want to quickly go through, you say, well, but that's Old Testament, Pastor. And I, I don't know if it... it if it extends to the New Testament. So I'm going to read. I'm going to read a, a lengthy section of, of Scripture in Romans chapter 8. And I started with this passage from Romans 10, verse 17. So, so then faith 
comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, staying in Romans 10 first, from verse 8, it says, but what does it say? The word is near you, the word that was given to us, and the word is that it would be in our mouth and in our heart. That is the word of faith which we pre preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Trust in the Lord. I'm going to trust in you, Jesus, the one that died for me, was raised from the dead, and I will be saved. And that salvation is not just when you first come to the Lord. It is for every single day of your existence. It is not just for me from 50 years ago. It is for today and the next day and the next day that the Lord Jesus is my salvation as I confess him with my mouth, the one that died for me and rose again. You will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, to be in a right standing with God, and with, mouth with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we make a confession with our mouth, Jesus Christ, I'm going to trust in him. What he, who he is and what he did for me on the cross, I'm going to trust in him. And the Lord is saying that we will be saved. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Or in other words, will not be disappointed. If we believe in the Lord, we will not be dis disappointed. For there is no distinction between the religious, the Jew, or the Greek, the intellectual. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. I am calling upon the name of the Lord. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Lord will direct your path. The Lord will take you out. Listen, we need to be careful. I, 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 the Lord revealed this to, this to me years ago. Because people would say, you know what? You just need to step out in faith. And they used the passage where Peter was on the, they were, the disciples were going across the lake and, and Jesus had sent them out ahead, and he sends them right into a storm of all things. Thank you, Jesus. Sent them out into a storm, and, 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 uh, and then Jesus is coming along, and he's walking now on the water, and it's in the nighttime and whatever, and he's walking along, and they see this, maybe in the moonlight or whatever, they see this figure walking on the water, and it's like, oh, my goodness. And so there's a, this concern. Is this a ghost? Like, how many people do you know that can walk on water that's not frozen? And so there's this, this concern. And a lot of people say, well, you know what? You just step out in faith. And I always say, you know what? Before you step out in faith, make sure that it's the Lord that is having you move forward. That it's not you having yourself move forward. Lord, if this is of you for me to move forward, that I would move forward. And you will know what is of the Lord and what is not. And here the, the Lord is saying, or Peter says, in the King James Version, it says, Lord, if that's you, bidst me come. Bid me to come, to, to come to you. The Lord says, hey, it's me, come. And we would remember that when we, need to, when we are to move forward, he will direct our path. Lord, you direct my path. Let me not direct the path that I should go on. You direct the path. Sometimes there is a thing of waiting. We wait on the Lord. We need to wait on the Lord. So, for whoever calls the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
whether it was something that happened in the past, the Lord saved us, or whether it's in the present right now, the Lord will save us, or in the future, he doesn't stop saving us as we continue to trust in him and can say, Lord, my trust and my faith is in you. And I want you just to let others know one of the things that you can do, your trust and faith is in the Lord, and he sees you through. And he covers you. He secures you. Even when you do move forward, as you move forward, he is covering you. And you, you are under his hand. But there are so many people at this point in time, their heart is failing them because they have no hope. They have no security. They don't know what's going on. They don't know what's going to happen. And they are fearful. And that you would say, turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why it says here in, in verse 14, Romans 10, 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed. How can a person call on the Lord if they've not believed? And how can they even believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. When somebody comes to you and says, hey, listen, there is a hope. Turn your eyes to the Lord. And a lot of times, in, my, in, in gentleness, I, I, I hear the response of how a person is responding to, to this, well, no, I got to do this, I got to do this and that. And, and part of it is to gently bring them to a place. No, no, no. Place your faith in the Lord. Or maybe there's a questioning. Are you placing your faith in the Lord? Who are you placing your faith in? To bring them to a place of having peace. To preach the gospel of peace to them. How beautiful it is to those that do that. It says in verse 16, and this is the, the issue, but they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed your report? There are those that don't believe. Even as they hear, they don't believe. And, and there's this fearfulness about them. And there's a struggle in their lives as they go around in circles or they're in a rut or they're heading in the wrong direction. And, and then they're, they're without a, anybody to watch over. Then the next verse, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We're gonna, our faith will grow as we hear what the Lord would speak into our lives. All right, now Romans 8, verse 18 I'm going to read very quickly right to the end of the chapter. Listen carefully because it is beautiful. I want you to be encouraged tonight. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. In us. For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. There is a day coming where the glory and majesty of Jesus Christ will be revealed in us when the trumpet sounds and, and we are changed in the twinkling of an eye from corruption to incorruption, from mortality to immortality to live forever. And there's going to be a beauty about us because our faith has remained in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that which is to come is so far beyond that what we could possibly imagine. For the creation 
was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. All of creation is waiting for the moment when the trumpet would sound and when Jesus will have his rule here on earth. And they're waiting for that to take place. So even creation is subjected to the fact that we haven't arrived yet until we get to this place of being re revealed, the, the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into this glorious liberty of the children of God. So because of sin, there has been even a, a deteriorating of this, this globe, and that's what's happening on it. And even creation, there's a shaking and there's a groaning. And it says, for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. I hear again and again people say, I just can't wait till the Lord comes back. So there's going to be a redemption, a redeeming of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? So the point the Lord is making is, oh, you have not seen anything yet, but you are hoping. You can't wait because what is to come is beyond anything we could possibly imagine. The bulk of what is still to come. Listen, <laughs> I'm a young man compared to eternity. I'm going to live forever. We're going to live forever as our faith is in Jesus Christ. So we are just beginning this whole thing of eternity. It's like a drop in all the, the waters of all the oceans and, and, and rivers and lakes of this planet, just one little drop when it comes to time. And the thing of eternity is there is no limit. It continues on with God. And what is yet to come, it has not, some of it has been spoken in the Word of God. Most of it we don't even know. And we eagerly wait for what is coming. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. We're, gonna, we're not letting go of the Lord. So when it comes to the suffering now, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, or how even how to pray in some situations, but the Spirit, the Holy Spirit Himself, makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Holy Spirit is interceding for us. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now if you thought the Old Testament was beautiful and it was seemed very one, two, three, you know, we start here and then there's these things added on. But here there's another level of, of what God would do and is doing because of Jesus Christ and our faith in him. And even as we go through the sufferings, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. And so the outcome of that intercession on our part says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. All things will work out for good as we continue on with our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and to love Him and surrender and submit to his purpose. And the Lord is saying, every single thing will work out for your good. It says, for whom he foreknew, 
He knew you before time began. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. He gave you the opportunity to become a child of God, and you grabbed a hold of it. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren, just as he was raised to new life. We were born of God, and we became alive in him. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called he called you. Whom he called, these he also justified. We were justified. We were made, in, made right in the sight of God. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. There was a, a beginning of glorifying of us, of us being glorified and glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's not finished yet. It will continue even till the day of the Lord. Now listen, as I end this chapter. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who? Who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also, also freely give us all things? He gave his son for us because he loved us. And Jesus went willingly. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. He makes us right. Who is he who condemns? If anybody would condemn us. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So not only is the Holy Spirit interceding, but the Lord Jesus is interceding for us. It doesn't matter who might bring a charge against us. Now listen to the last few verses. Who shall separate us? from the love of Christ. Shall tribulation separate us from the love of Christ? Or distress? Or persecution? Or famine? Or nakedness? Or peril? Or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter in the worst of times, even as there might be persecution that comes, even to the point of death. It says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths, because there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God, which is in and through Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise God. Can we stand together? Hallelujah. When it comes to overcoming fear, I don't know about you, but even as I am, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, I've said this many times, when I start to look at things humanly, when I start to look at things from, the, from my human perspective, it's like, oh my goodness, I can be so overwhelmed. I'll tell you, just even in, in, in preparation of this passage and even in the declaring of this passage, it's like, 
there is this, this thing of, of, of uh, easing from the things of this world and the things of these times. It's just a, there's a peace that comes as we grab a hold of Christ Jesus our Lord. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. To go, I start off, the only thing that I do is say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm placing my trust in you, Jesus Christ, my Lord. And he moves us from confidence to confidence to confidence to boldness, to move forward in boldness, covering us secure in our moving forward. I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, I just, I thank you for this, your word to us. Lord, this refreshing, this encouragement, this strengthening, this building up in, in the hardest of times. Lord, I just say thank you. And Lord, I pray tonight that your word would have encouraged each and every one that is here tonight. And Lord, those that are watching online right now, Lord, that there's an encouragement that's coming to them. And Lord, those that may watch this down the road, there's an encouragement that would come to them. And Lord, for those that don't know you and that are without faith, and they, 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 they heard this message just saying, you know what, I have never placed my trust in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray right now they would recognize the thing that has separated from them from God is sin. Their own desire to do that which is displeasing to God and, and is according to the flesh. And Lord, even as they would say, Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner, that they would also admit, Jesus, but you died for me. You took all my sins upon yourself, past, present, and future. And Lord, I don't want to uh, continue to on in sin and to hurt you. But Lord, I repent of my sins. And I place my faith and my trust in you, Jesus Christ, because you are the one that will direct my paths. So I will not lean on my own understanding, but rather I will acknowledge you in all my ways and lord you will direct my path i receive you into my life jesus come into my life that i would not just be knowing of god but that i would be born of god even as i receive you jesus to be born again to have a brand new start in you to have a brand new end in you that is perfect Lord, we just thank you. We praise you. Lord, for those that would have given their lives to you tonight, I would say amen. Yes, so be it. Lord, let it be in my life. And Lord, for those of you, for those that are, are here, Lord, that their faith will be in you, their trust will be in you, and no one or nothing else. And Lord, not to say that we can't, uh, the, the things that you have given for our benefit, Lord, yes, we use them and we can use them, Lord, because you've given those things as gifts to us. But Lord, even as there would be things in the moving forward, we would move forward with you in all that we do. Let us move forward in you in boldness, in the security, in the covering of who you are in our lives. Jesus, your name is above all names. And we thank you. Your strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. And so we glory, we boast in our weaknesses. For when we are weak, then we are strong. Because your strength is made perfect in and through us, Lord. I just thank you. I pray an encouragement now 
for those that are, are, are receiving this word, that the things of fear would be gone as they turn their eyes to you and they place their faith in you. In Jesus' name, and everyone says, amen, amen. God bless you, my dear brothers and sisters. You have a good night and uh, walk with the Lord. He's, he loves you. He loves you. God bless. Thanks for joining us for the sermon. We really hope that God spoke to your life. You can find more of the Word of God by watching our service live stream and listening to our podcast on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.